right if all the uh, kindergarten age, kindergarten through fifth grade come to the front, the three, four, and five-year-olds, if you'd make your way to the back. I've kind of informed most of the teachers that it won't be as long today. Everybody's tired of celebration, and it's, <laughs> but uh, we're going to celebrate again the, the coming of Jesus today, and I, I'm so glad we get to do that together. <laughs> All right. As the kids are gathering, I, I, have, a, I have a request and, and some activity I want us to do uh, together this morning as we begin. Uh, it's been a while since we've had greeting, and there's not as many people, but everybody should have the opportunity to greet at least those around you, and uh, so that's the first request. The second one is to, is to uh, uh, with a thought question, answer this, what would, what would we be doing here today without Jesus? What would we be doing here today without Jesus. I want to emphasize here. I mean, we're gathered together, and if Jesus never came, what would we be doing? Okay, everybody got the question? Think in your mind. It could be a simple, quick answer, or actually, you could go into a lot of detail, but but kind of discuss that with each other. I just could give you just a few minutes to, okay, first of all, do what? Greet. All right. Greet each other. Welcome each other. If you didn't have the opportunity to do those with those around you, even the folks up here, make sure they don't get left out. So some of you might have to walk a little distance. So, so please do that now, just for a few minutes, and I'll, I'll draw you all back together. All right. I, I, I hate to break things up, but uh, I appreciate, hey, good, good interaction. We just got to do that more often. Some Sunday, I'm going to do that, and then I'll just get up to have an invitation, okay? That'd be all right? I'll just pray, and I, I do enjoy coming together and that opportunity to welcome each other. Some of us don't have that. We might come in a little late, and then we're out early because we got things to go to, and we don't have the opportunity to at least just greet one another and, and uh, have a little conversation. So along with that question, I, I don't know how much you, uh, uh, I, I had a lot of short answers, which I kind of expected. Uh, one, one said, I just don't know, I, I, I don't know, or, or a couple of answers I had was, I, I think it would just be chaos. Um, and, 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 well, one, one was, you know, I, I would choose a God to serve, you know, I'd maybe go serve Thor or, you know, kind of from his heritage and things like that. Who knows? Um, I, I will tell you, even if Jesus never came, God, worshiping God, was still an option. Okay, you'd have to go to Israel. I mean, not have to go to Israel. have to turn to Israel, turn to the scriptures. We could, we could probably do it here in the States even and, and find that place where we could uh, uh, worship God. It would be a different covenant. It would be a different covenant, right? And, and you would have to embrace the law. I, I, I'm going to conduct myself according to all the laws that are laid out in the Old Testament. And when it came to worship, when I talked about, here's kind of the idea I wanted to get to. When we came together, it would look absolutely different. Absolutely, the building would look different. 
You know, we would probably model it after the temple. And, and matter of fact, there was only one place in, in, in when, when Jesus came in, uh, into the world, there was only one place where God was located, Jerusalem, in the temple in Jerusalem. So if we were really thinking we want to worship God, get plane tickets, right? Let's, let's go to Jerusalem so we could worship God where he is. I think we would be able to worship here. But if we were to create a temple here, that would look totally different than what we have here. Especially two places within that building. Was, one was called uh, the holy place, and one was called the holy of holies. Now, the holy of holies, that was where the presence of God would come and dwell and meet with, like, the high priest. Woo! That would make this place different. Uh, your ministers would be different. We'd be called priests. So I don't know whether I would qualify. I'm not, I'm not putting myself into that place. But there would be a priest who would lead us. And, and it wasn't, it's not that they would come and speak. I'm sure they would read the scriptures and, and that would be a focus. But they would also have to be butchers. You, are you with me now? What we'd have to be doing? What would, because sacrifices would, would still be in play. Uh, for me to receive forgiveness... Uh, we need to bring some animals. Just, no, not all the time. Just every time you sin. <laughs> I'm glad you're that. I'm glad you're thinking with me. Because, uh, yeah, I thought, oh, man, I've killed lots of animals in my life. Uh, you know, and, and there's some, some things. First of all, the priest would have to be a butcher. I mean, if I was that, I'd have to learn to be a butcher. But also, it might be Mark Rozier. It might be profitable for those raising cattle. You know, or, or the smalls reeds who are in here this morning, goats or, you know, particular animals. Uh, man, the price would go up. I don't know. I don't know. But there, there'd be animals that have to be uh, sacrificed. And I, it, it would be a messy place, I would think, because of the blood that would continuously have to be poured out. So it would be different. If we were thinking of, hey, we want to we focus our attention upon the God who is the God, we believe he's the God who created, and that is the God of Israel, we'd have to come under that, that original covenant. And yeah, we could be, uh, we could be proselytes. Uh, we could start following the law, have certain things done to us uh, that we would be acceptable, and, and uh, go through, begin to go through ceremonies. And, and, but the, the highest thing was to observe the law and, and to be good at it. And, and not that we had to do everything right, because there were those sacrifices available. That would be totally different than what we have in Jesus. This morning, I, and, and I developed this question out of Hebrews chapter 9. Because in Hebrews chapter 9, if you, first of all, if you know about Hebrews, Hebrews is that, that book that comes in and says, Jesus is absolutely superior to anything that God has ever done in connecting with his people and in, in bringing about that salvation. It, it's been Jesus. In, in the past, it's been prophets, it's been angels, it's been, you know, it's been Moses, it's been Isaiah, it's been, been all those who, who've made these connections uh, with uh, his people, with God's people. But now, we, we don't have that covenant anymore. I mean, there's a reason why we're here, because there is a new covenant of which has been created in Jesus Christ. Let me read for you the passage here that I think is significant. Uh, can't, can't take the time this morning to read the whole thing, but in verses 11 and 12, here's what it says about Jesus. 
But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. Hands. That is to say, is not part of this creation. Here, let me catch up just what he's saying. Okay, the temple that I mentioned earlier, it, it, it was a replica or a representation of, of the very presence and the throne of, of God in heaven. Not here on earth. But, but what was created here in this world was a representation. Everything, the uh, Ark of the Covenant, there was a, a, a place for incense and washings and, and different things in that represented different facets of what's, what's in heaven. But it said that Jesus came and he didn't enter an earthly temple, not one that is a representation of the reality of what truly is the God, God's throne room, he entered into that very presence of God. Big difference. First covenant, a representation. The covenant that we're under is he entered into the very presence of God. Significant. That's why we call him the high priest. The high priest. Okay, verse 2. I mean, verse, verse 12. Uh, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own Blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Aren't you glad that we don't have to kill animals? And, and, and the great number of animals that would have to be killed. Matter of fact, it goes on to say in a few more verses that actually the blood of animals only covered us outwardly. It was inadequate. It was inadequate. That's why they had to do it all the time. You know, uh, one, one day we would have these sacrifices and we'd receive that forgiveness. But the next day, guess what? Uh, you know, I, I got angry and I threw something at someone or I, I, I became violent, whatever. There, there was a sinfulness in my life. Guess what? Let's go get another animal to, to sacrifice. It was never perfect. And it only cleansed us outwardly. But in Jesus who right before God's throne, and, and, and that perfect Lamb of God who shed his blood so different than the blood of animals, he shed his blood through his innocence, through his holiness, he died upon the cross. And when he shed his blood, he did it, it said it even clears our consciences. It cleans us inwardly, not just outwardly, it cleans us altogether. Oh, man, there's a reason why we're together, right? And, and his name is Jesus. That provision, that, that, that one who brought us a covenant that, that brings us together and we worship, it's not about, I have no idea why we're here. It's not about the chaos that, that would be here if it weren't for Jesus, right? I, I think that is absolutely significant. I, I just want to encourage you to read chapter 9 when you have an opportunity because it, it just kind of lays it out. This is what was. This is what is through Jesus. And it is spectacular. It is awesome. I really wanted to focus here just a, a few moments on, on the last two verses. The last two verses. Uh, because this is, this is why this covenant stuff is even important. Because in, in, in verse... In verse 27, it actually states an absolute truth that has been so true after, after there was sinfulness and, and then condemnation come down upon us and a curse was, was brought. Verse 27, 
Let's lay this out. Here's what it says. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. That's the sentence. We, we know that the curse that we receive because of our sinfulness, that curse, the ultimate curse is, is death. Death. We've been experiencing death. Now, we, we're fam- all familiar with death. Man, we lost some precious people this year. Isn't that right? The past couple of years through the COVID and not being able to go, or many, many of those we haven't even been able to have services on behalf of, it's been just difficult through that. But let's, let's just face it. Death is difficult, whether we're able to have a service or not. To lose someone is difficult. To hear about tragedies that we aren't even connected with is difficult. It's a harsh reality that all of us, when, when we go to a service, one of the things that we can't get out of our mind when we're thinking, thinking about somebody else who's passed, that someday I'm going to. Have you, ever, have you ever gone to a funeral service and sat there and thought, I wonder what my service is going to be like? <laughs> I wonder, here's, here's the song. My wife does this all the time. She says, that's the song I want sung at my funeral. I've got a list. I, I'm not going to have any time to say anything or anybody else. My sons aren't going to be able to speak on their mom's behalf because it's going to be so many songs. Is that right? She's looking at me kind of, oh, okay. Am I in trouble? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I made it through Christmas, though, without being in trouble. So if I made it the day after, that's, that's not too bad. But pray for me. Um, anyway, so, so I mean, lay down one fact. We're all going to die, right? And, and then the question that, that the world has around us, but that we know the answer to, the world around says, what, what happens then? You know, the atheists will say, that's it. We, we, our existence has ceased. But in Scripture, it makes, makes it very clear. And we might even ask, what happens after we die? Judgment. Judgment. I have this perspective, man, we're, we're going to be standing before God after we die. And, and the significance of that is, is judgment. He, God's going to judge us. How is God going to judge us? He's going to say, is it on a scale? Well, you know, the good and the bad. I know Jesus talked about the sheep and the goats, the separating. So when we talk about the good, what does that mean? Good. Jesus said one time, so why you call me good? There's only one who's good. Uh, but what about us? Are we good? Uh, I, could, I could use a standard of, of somebody else and say, you know, compared to a lot of people, I am good. I could bring a, a good list of people that I, I would say that I am good. I haven't done a, lot, a list of things that they've done, and so therefore I class, but that's not his judgment, is it? His judgment is according to his holiness. His judgment is according to his holiness. That's why he's judged. And guess what? None of us can measure up. Scripture is really clear in saying that. It's Romans. uh, Out of Romans it says, For all have sinned and fallen what? Short of God's glory. No one is able to stand. No one's able to stand. That's why this covenant stuff is so important. Go back and say, uh, we, we, we kind of make fun of all the animals, but, but God said that through this animal sacrifices, your sins are going to be forgiven. That's the Old Testament. So it was necessary for the blood to be spilled of animals. But in this new covenant, look what God's given us in Jesus. A perfect salvation. A perfect salvation. Matter of fact, here's, I, I don't want to skip 
because I could, I could actually talk through it and not read the verse, but verse 28, uh, here, here's what it continues to say. Uh, let me read seven, uh, 27 and 28 together. It says, just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. It's okay to say amen when we're reading scripture. I just, I just, I, I, not that I'm looking for or fishing for it, but that's an amen, isn't it? He, he was sacrificed once for the sins of many. And, and then it says this, a little explanation with this, and he will appear a second time to be, uh, to bear sin, but to bring, no, excuse me, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Thank you. Yeah, see, it does work. It does work. And that, but that in that great news, I want to wait. Let me see. He's going to bring uh, when, when he comes again. He's going to bring salvation. Just to understand, I thought I had salvation. I thought I received salvation, didn't I? When I received Christ, isn't that the message? Man, cleansed and, and ready. Uh, the, the some of the books and commentaries I've read is it calls it really simply this: uh, already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. I, I am in Jesus. I am in Jesus, living in Christ. And the day, the day I get to stand before my representative, you understand what I mean, representative? Because when I stand in that judgment, Jesus is going to be my representative. That's what I'm counting on. That's my faith, says, I'm receiving as my Savior. And on that day I stand before him, then I will receive that salvation. Because and, and, it's not full in me yet. I, I do believe there's a day when, man, salvation is going to be completed. It's begun in me through Christ, the cleansing of his blood, but it's going to be completed when I see him again. And he stands there, the Father, representing me. I absolutely need Jesus on that day. That's the day I absolutely have to have Jesus right there representing me, right? But, but, but it's only for those who are there waiting, who are waiting right? Isn't that what? Uh, that verse said, for those who, who are waiting for him. Okay, what, what does that mean? Uh, a, a verse that I think Ty preached uh, just earlier this year was that John 14, 6. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man could come to the Father but my me. I, I think that's a description of someone who's waiting. They, they see Jesus as the way, following after his direction. The truth, man, that nothing in this world is more important than what Jesus has said and where he directs and guides me through his words. He is the truth, and, and he is the life. Oh, man. And that wasn't just words he spoke. He proved it in his resurrection. And, and he said it before Lazarus was raised from the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. And the resurrection and the life, uh, those who believe in me, you know, are going to have that life. So those who are waiting are those who believe that Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life. And, and that's, that's, that's who we are as a people. Embracing Jesus, waiting for him, for what? For the completion of the salvation that we have. We have Jesus. Silly question at the beginning. We do have Jesus. 
And there is a huge difference in the fact that Jesus came into this world. We've been gifted with such a Savior, Jesus, and it changes our lives. It changes our lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Scripture. Lord, if, we, if we're to do anything within any day, is just to open your word and read it and seek its understanding and then live it, Father, to, to be able to pursue. Lord, uh, the words, the way, the truth, and life, your, your word is filled with what Jesus said and, and learning uh, so much about him, his life, and what we are called to. So, Father, help us, direct us in living and loving your word, living and loving the Savior Jesus. Uh, and, and, Father, we just pray that you continue to be our strength in every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.